0: On
1: All right, so time to touch base with the singer, songwriter, creative director and actor Andy Jordan. Uh, and Andy, where in the world are you right now?
0: Um, do you know what? This is, the, this is always the case when we're talking. I'm at my mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at my mom's house in the, in the countryside.
1: Uh, it's an interesting place to be, I'm sure, mom's house, but I'm also sure that, that Nashville must have been really, really dope. I know you were there for quite a bit of 2015. It's are you doing a bit of like soul searching. Is that a, is that a good, uh, way to put your time in Nashville?
0: Uh, yeah. Do you know what? It was, it was, a, it was an amazing trip. Um, it's, it's a, it's a great place to be as a musician because everyone else there is a musician. Um, so you, it's, you know, it's, it's genuinely like I walked into a coffee shop one day. And you sit down, and there's probably four or five people within the coffee shop sitting on their laptops writing songs or lyrics, or so it's such a cool environment to work out of. Um, and but more so for me was it, it was like an opportunity to switch off all the other things that I do, because mm. uh, obviously I I have a, my challenge is, is managing all the different jobs that I'm trying to do. Um, and so from a musical point of view, it was, it was wicked to just spend weeks. Just solely doing music um, and turn you know you pretty much turn your phone off to the rest of the world and you just disappear for a while it 's kind of cool
1: and and what do you come out with uh, i'm sure you come out with a lot <laughs> of dope material right should do hopefully
0: I, you know what some some stuff is pretty weird actually <laughs> but no we it was amazing because I ended up writing music of all genres um, for example, like there was one um, was one day where I did three sessions back to back, so I was in my first session at ten am my second session at three p m and then my final session started at nine p m at night and finished at three in the morning and then woke up the next day and went straight into another session but i'd done about nine hours ten hours of singing the day before, hmm. and I got into the studio and I was like i 'm going to be straight up with you guys i don 't really want to sing right now i'm in pain (laughs) (laughs) but actually we were we ended up writing the most relaxed mellow jazz track that morning yeah um, because my sort of voice was in that place and you sort of so you know you can play with all your genres um based on just actually what you're working on so it's pretty cool
1: this word genre is like it it seems like it sort of boxes musicians which would be a difficult thing to do because artists by nature are people that you can't really box up maybe we need to bury that word genre in this day and age
0: yeah i definitely think so i mean it's something that i, I think i spoke to you about before it's like it's something that i always i struggle with because you know someone you, you talk to people and they say what type of artist are you and you say uh, well i'm just an artist to be honest because I get excited by everything musical. Um, you know, I can go, I, I can go to a rock concert mm. and get excited and I can go to a jazz concert or, and I, I can even go and see an orchestra and listen to classical music and still get excited. So to really define yourself is such a challenge and it's, and it is the biggest challenge I think that artists face. And I think people should be more flexible to listening to music and saying, you know what, I'm going to put an EP out. I'm gonna do a jazz EP and then six months later saying, actually I'm now gonna do a pop EP mm. and people should just see the the journey that you go on throughout your life. Um, I think there's a it's an interesting thing to be the artist and the writer because that the, the journeys that you go on, you you know, you go through phases in life, ups, downs and and then your music should follow that.
1: I guess it's kind of like if you aren't a musician, you can relate to, to when you're a kid. And when you're a kid and growing up, you, you say you can do anything. You believe you can do whatever, whether you want to be a fireman or a, a space person, whatever it is. And then, I still life, believe you can yeah. be a fireman. <laughs> but then life kind of happens and life tries to box you or society tries to box you. And I think a lot of people in this day and age are trying to fight that. Some people lose that fight though, cause it's easier to be comfortable. Um, and and doing what you did, going to Nashville for as long as you did, you really pushed yourself out of a comfort zone. And what do you gain from pushing yourself out the comfort zone? Even though when you're on the plane, it probably feels like, "What the hell am I doing?"
0: Yeah, um, I think you actually start to grow in confidence um, because you you, you, know, you you sort of you test yourself, and it's definitely a lonely experience, that's for sure. You know, you do get there and you sit in the hotel room and you. You're thinking, well, what the hell do I do now? And, but actually you end up just, just writing. You just start to do stuff. And then when you start to write and your brain has these conversations with itself, um, and that's when you end up making good, good content, um, as it were. And, uh, and a lot of it will never be released. You know, you, you, for my national trip was probably 25 songs, hmm. uh, only four of which will ever come To be published. Um, But but it's it is it's definitely a confidence thing and you gain momentum and but it is hard. You're right. You know, you come back and then you come back into society and you sit back into society and people start trying to box you again. And you do feel like sometimes turning around and punching people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you do need those 25 to make the four. I mean, those four wouldn't be as good as they're going to be if they weren't the best of the best and the best of your human experience and your narrative in that space and time that you spent in Nashville. Like, you wouldn't have those four without the 25.
0: No, exactly. And you just got to keep writing and writing and writing. And to be honest, you you know, if you say you, you get into this place where you write 10 songs in 10 days and then you go okay, well, there seems to be a common th- You don't plan the theme. You don't plan to say, right, I'm going to go and write 10 love songs. It doesn't really work like that. You know, you go and you just see what happens. And then you lyrically, you tend to find, or well, I tend to find, that I go through phases. And in one phase, it might be a phase where I'm pissed off at the world. And then I start to write all of these songs that are, you know, like we're talking about anti-boxing anti, anti boxing and anti-social anti, anti social prejudice and anti-all of the pressures that we face. Um, and then I go through other days and I end up writing a love song.
1: Yeah. It's about where you're at. <laughs> Which is where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to speak for a second about this word inspiration. It seems like the word inspiration, it's got a bit of like, I don't know, a cheesy connotation. Just, you know, the way it is in the world right now. But it's a beautiful word, right? What is that word? How does it manifest in your life and what does it mean?
0: What the, I mean, it's, it's everything. It's absolutely everything because I don't think, you know, inspiration and aspirations, you've got to, you've got to set benchmarks, you've got to, you've got to dream. And I think if you, if you dream and you dream is that's your inspirations is what you see or where you see yourself in your dreams. And you look at people, you know, I look at other artists and I think, God, I want to be like that. And actually that also changes. I wake up one day and I want to be one artist and the next day I think, Oh God, I think that person's cool. But I, but I, but then what you do with that is become yourself and you can't actually be anyone else. You have to be yourself. And I, I did this. Crazy mind map. Um, when I was on the plane to Nashville, um, where I drew, I drew all sorts of different inspirations into one mind map, which had, you know, it ranged from music from the nineteen fifties to music from the present day, to some soul stuff, some jazz stuff, some electric guitar. You know, there's some, some slash in there, like there's some sounds that just literally some percussion sounds that I like when I'm listening to music. And then you kind of draw it and you put it into a filter. And what comes out the other side of the filter, hopefully, is Andy Jordan's music.
1: That's really dope. And, and as you're doing that, you must feel... Send me a photo
0: of it if you want. It looks, it'll looks it confuse the hell out of you.
1: No, let's get it. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> uh, it, it, I guess, though, when you're drawing that mind map and you're on the plane... Is that an example of when you are at a point in life where you feel like you're doing the right thing? You know, you just have that feeling sometimes that you're doing the right thing. You're following the right journey. It's a feeling that no one can sort of express, but it's just something that you feel. And so in that moment, I would imagine that's an example of you just feeling like you're in the right space and time, like you're creatively inspired, like you're excited for the journey ahead. Because uh, some people block those moments out.
0: Yeah. I think that travel on that note, travel is a really important part of the process because it's only when you go on the plane or the train or the bus or whatever it may be. And you, that's when you really, really start to um, self-indulge and, and you know what it's, it's, it's really important to be self-indulgent. That's kind of one thing that I'm learning because you spend your whole life trying not to be self-indulgent, but actually you got to indulge in your own brain and 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 ultimately, like I love journeys. I love I love that's why I love coming up here to my mum's house. It's two and it's two hours from London, and it's in the middle of a field. And you know, you sit on the train, and then you start to, you know, you either listen to music, and that's when you start to think. Whereas when you're surrounded in everyday life, you don't think; you just do. Um, and so I do think it's really important that sort of that journey aspect of whatever you're doing. And that's when you start to visualize the future as well. Cause really... you sit on the train and you go, well, I want to be here.
1: Yeah.
0: And this is, I could do this. And then when you get off the train you have a conversation with your mom and you say, mom, I want to do this. And she goes, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're still crazy
1: <laughs> I really want to pick up on this self-indulgent thing Because it's rare to find someone In this day and age Who's expressing how important it is to be self-indulgent But I guess the right sense of self indulgence. So not self-indulgent that you spend Three hours filtering your Instagram picture But self-indulgent in terms of Articulating and really feeling And connecting with your human experience And I want to take that idea of being self-indulgent And then throw it into The context of relationships and how those two things can work really well together if you if you're conscious of them and you balance them out right
0: yeah i mean that's that's an interesting point i mean for me yeah self-indulgence is definitely not looking at your instagram i can't stand things like that in fact um i everyone who knows me knows that i'm not good on my phone email social media anything um what but but I, I think self-indulgence is more like about where you have a conversation with yourself. It's you you allow your brain to talk to itself. And when I do that, all sorts of wonderful things happen. Um, but with a, within a relationship, I guess self-indulgence is also important because you've got to have that conversation with yourself to say, is this right? Am I in the right place?
1: Am I in love? And that's the conversation that you have to have. Yeah, because I mean, there's so much buzz around finding yourself, and like millennials specifically get a really bad rap for having no idea what they want to do. It's a generation that you know we were told we can do whatever we want to do, so that's a little bit overwhelming. And it's about channeling that. And you seem to be doing quite a good job of channeling the different things that you're interested in. Uh, and giving each of them a very specific focus. And, and how much of that is, is conscious is how much of that is you sitting down and saying, well, listen, I know that I want to release this music. So I'm just going to say screw the rest of the world, go to Nashville, write these songs. Uh, t- everything else is going to take a back seat. It's got to be pretty conscious, right? You have to steer your own life. Otherwise you land up, you know, with other people steering it for you.
0: Yeah. A lot of, I mean, I've written songs about this, which is that where I have lyrics, which are about ultimately, you can sit around waiting, but actually no one's going to do anything for you. You mm-hmm. have to take control of it and do everything yourself because, you know, and, and it's, and, and it's even the thing, um, for me, like in my position now, like I've had these struggles with management and things like that. And sometimes when things aren't, when you don't have the right team around you, they, the wrong team can hold you back and you're saying, but I just want to get on with it. And why is everybody stopping me from getting on with it? And you're thinking to yourself, well, I can just do this on my own now. And you do go through these conversations. And I think again, for me, like, uh, because I am quite, I have a lot on my plate in terms of doing different things and always on, always on the move and sorting out the time and genders and things like that. I do try to make sure that I schedule thinking time. I schedule these I actively schedule these self-indulgent days where you just say, nah, I'm not talking to anyone today. And you might talk to the key people around you, my mom, my brother, my girlfriend, my dad, my stepdad, my granny, the key people that know you as a person as well.
1: Otherwise you get caught up in the, caught up in other people and, other people's drama and and so on and so forth, and you kind of lose your own sense of what you want, which a lot of people, I think, go through. I think that's an important point, is to be very conscious of your own human experience and not allow other people to kind of narrate that journey for you. It must be really great, though, for you, because you can open up a a notebook and write lyrics and express those thoughts that you have with yourself, whereas other people need to you know do it in different ways. Um, and your lyrics, I guess, would be an indication of what your mind actually looks like, which is great.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, actually, and, and also there's another thing that I do, um, which I started to do this year. Um, when, because obviously I've been in so many more sessions and there's, you know, there has been a bit more pressure to churn out songs. Um, I've actually started to write prose. So uh, I'm writing like a, a book of, um, you know, of, my story uh and and as as you write that you can extract places from within that to then go and turn it into you take the meaning from that and you can get your headspace in it so that's a really helpful thing to do and also like i can't talk about things i'm not very good at talking about um you know if i'm sad or i'm unhappy I i can't talk about it and some people can and they're very lucky those people but I definitely can't, and so for me, like I have to. It's like therapy.
1: What do you think people can take away from your story?
0: Um, well, I hope that I can just inspire people to to be themselves. I mean, ultimately, it's a it's a really. I just think it's super important to to learn about who you are and be confident in you, in who you are, and it's not it's not going to happen overnight. As well, you know, it took me took me twenty four years to work out. 24 years and a few career changes at that to work out exactly who Andy Jordan is and who he wants to be.
1: Yeah, this quarter-life crisis of yours is going really well, Andy. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's really going well. It's going according to plan. <laughs> My sister said
0: she was having a quarter-life crisis the other day. Said, Great, it's good for you.
1: <laughs> she need, you need to help her out because you're you're cruising through yours <laughs> sort of pretty easily. Yeah, the only
0: difference is I'm not buying flash cars or anything like that because... <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm spending my money on flights and hotels in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: listen, I'm so glad that we have you on this list uh, of you know millennials to watch in 2016. Uh, another person we have on the list is uh, Emma Gannon. And she's got two questions that uh, she wanted to ask you. So I'm going to read those to you real quick and you're going to respond. Is that cool? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super. So Emma Gannon asks, uh, What do you think is the most infuriating stereotype that people often make about millennials?
0: I definitely would, for me, it's the, it's the point that you've already raised so far, which is that it's people who just jump around and have no idea what they're doing or where they're going and seem to believe that they're just going to bounce from A to B and everything is going to work out. Because I don't, I think sometimes, you know, we're like ducks, we look, or swans rather, you know, you look, you sit on top of the water looking pretty, but actually underground, you're working like crazy.
1: Yeah, there's a lot more going on than what people give credit, but people like to dismiss yeah. stuff that they don't understand. That's kind of human nature.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think for me, like a lot of the time I get this, people, people sometimes comment, you know, on the Instagram or Twitter and they'll be like, does he ever work? And you're thinking to yourself, this is work, but I love my work. So, but you, you know, you are always working and you're never taking a day off and you're never stopping.
1: People are just envious, I guess, because you seem to, I guess in their eyes, you would have had it sort of a little bit more figured out and you make your passion work for you. I, it's also crazy, I guess, to imagine that there are people in this world and on planet Earth that do things that they don't enjoy and fundamentally don't enjoy. And so for them, like a holiday has a completely different meaning to what it does for someone like you who does what they love. It's crazy mm-hmm. that, we, that people like that even, I don't know, that we even live in the day and age where you do things you don't enjoy.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't get it. I'm, I'm, I've always been like that. I'm like, if you, if you, if you, if you hate your day, if you hate getting up and going to work and you think about, I can't, I don't want to do this today, then you're in the wrong job.
1: Gotta get out. Uh, Emma also asks, what do you think is the most unique quality millennials bring to the workplace?
0: Definitely creativity. I think that do you know what I think um, as a generational thing that millennials have is that we've we've been born into a generation where actually we don't have particularly here in the UK we haven't had there is no such thing as plain sailing Um, we've you know we've been born into a series of deep recession. We've been born into a world which is full of war and and upset and, you know, religious tension. And there's so many different things going on. But at the same time, we've been born into a much more multicultural world than anyone before us. So we see everything from both sides of the coin. And I think that's so important because, you know, one day you might be sitting in your five-star hotel somewhere, sipping a really deliciously made gin and tonic. But the next day you will be back building, (laughs) yeah, putting bricks, putting bricks and cement out and working like a laborer. And that's just how our generation is. You know, we, we have to be like that because there's no such thing as just walk through luxury anymore.
1: Yeah. That's a really, really great point to raise. Andy, what advice do you have for the world, dude? I mean, when we look at, you know, what's going on, all the different issues, we look at uh, terrorism we look at that Donald Trump guy <laughs> we just like what okay, do we just, all need to do should we all just sit down and listen to the new ep and then everyone will just like get along with yeah, each other yeah. better what should we do
0: i definitely i think the world would be a better place if everyone just listened to my ep that's <laughs> going <that's good. laughs> no i just think you know people need to take a step back sometimes and stop hating um start loving uh, i i think focus on on um working hard and and loving what you do that's i think if you if you love what you do and you work hard then anything can happen and we are in a world where anything can happen you know you can become a star on instagram you can become a star on youtube that doesn't cost anything you know you might become a star on youtube sitting in an internet cafe spending 10p to to go and use the internet for 40 minutes, you could create a career out of that 40 minutes so the there is so much opportunity for our generation and I just think you just gotta find something you love and then work really, really hard at it
1: That's exactly what you seem to be doing uh, Andy, give me the power line, give me the takeaway quote, the pull out quote that we can uh, use when punting how dope Andy Jordan is Gosh, let me think about this It's an easy one,
0: right? <laughs> find what you love and be the best at it
1: beautiful yeah that's the perfect description of exactly what you're doing and there's going to be times when it's easy times when it's not that easy it's obviously going to challenge you some people are deterred by the challenges but you've got to push through the challenges because that's you know what's going to make it dope at the end of the day it's so much about the journey but yeah that's the fundamental dude
0: absolutely absolutely just find what you love and do it best
1: Andy Jordan, what a rock star. Thanks so much for being on our list, yeah. No worries, thanks for having me.
0: It's a privilege. K-Kelman on CliffCentral.com